want to share with you this morning, and I, and I'll, I will uh, attempt the best I can to be brief. I know brevity is important. My father-in-law and my wife remind me, if you don't strike oil in 20 minutes, stop boring. Uh, so I'm going to do the best I can in the next 20, 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes, to share with you something that I do think is very important for us right now, and that's perfect peace in perilous times. We're living in perilous times. It's no secret to you. You turn on your news right now, turn it off and tune into this. You can have your news off for a few minutes. Trust me, you'll be okay. But I want you to understand this morning and anybody who's tuning in from our church and even beyond that, share this with others. This is a message that I believe is is very timely. It's what we need. It's from the prophet Isaiah. How can you have God's peace in the midst of the storm? You know that hurricanes have the, the eye of the storm, right? And in the center, in the little middle of that storm, there's an eye wall. And in that eye, once you get through the wall, there's calm and there's peace. And in the middle of this horrific storm going on, around us, all around us in the world today, I want you to know that you can have the peace of God that passes all understanding by tapping in and tuning in how we as believers are supposed to respond to the world situation with this COVID-19, with the coronavirus scare. And it goes all the way back to Old Testament prophecy. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, it says this, you will keep him in perfect peace. Say those words in your heart and in your mind, Perfect peace. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That word trust right now is, is kind of like, oh, well, I don't know who I trust and what I trust. Can I trust the government? Can I trust our world leaders? Can I trust the grocery store is going to have groceries when I go tomorrow? Can I trust that we're not going to run out of toilet paper? All these things that we wonder. Listen, we're seeing devastation across the world today. Yesterday was a record number of deaths over in Italy. And it's all across the globe. People are afraid. People are worried. They are deeply concerned about the future. Some of you are deeply concerned about the future. There are Christians that are suffering. There are Christians that are going to suffer. People think, oh, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, there's not going to be any hardship or any... That is contrary to what the Word of God says. It says, in this world you will have trouble. In this world you will have suffering. There's going to be great loss and there's going to be hardship. And that's happening right now. There's loss, there's hardship, there's thousands of people and believers, Christians, all over the world that are enduring both hardship, financially, mental stress, as Lisa has mentioned earlier, over the virus. And, and you know what, even beyond that, one of the things that we forget sometimes, and, and we talked about as we gathered for prayer this morning, that Christians by the thousands are being martyred every year in the world. By the thousands. Listen, as a body of believers, we are to stand firm. We are to stand firm. There are things that are changing, but we have to be careful about focusing our energies on all that's the circumstances that are going on around us. And we have to focus our energies on our mission and on the ministry that God has called us to. And this is a time for the church to rise up. Uh, I, this is not like a cheerleader message and just kind of a little hype thing. I want you to understand this is a time, this is the hour, right now, right here, for we the church to rise up. Rise up in our faith. Rise up in our trust and our hope in Christ. We've got to continue to proclaim the love of God 
the Father and the tender mercies of Jesus our Savior. The Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, read it. You need to know it. It's, not the, uh, it is, it's the foundation of what this church is all about. The Great Commission, the Great Commandment. The Great Commandment to love God and love others. The Great Commission, go and make disciples. But listen, we're in a world where everything is reeling and it's shaking. And I want you to understand, this has been prophesied about. This has been foretold in the scriptures all the way back to the early days of the Old Testament. Everything that can shake is going to be shaken. The American lifestyle and every prosperous nation is changing and possibly permanently, maybe now, maybe later. But eventually, we need to understand the Bible tells us this is going to happen. But we... When we wake up in the morning, this morning, do we worry, do we fret, do we have panic, do we have anxiety? That's our natural carnal reaction to what's going on. But I want you to understand, you know, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're gonna, are you going to be able to heat your home, are you going to have security? Jesus warned us about these things in Scripture. And this is what we've got to remember as a believer We've got to find rest in our Father's love and peace in Him. The fact is, I am, I'm not God. I'm not in control of what's going on in the world, nor are you. <laughs> and this is a great place for us to realize that He's in control, not me. He alone. And we don't have control over what's going on around us. So what specific actions are you and I, the people of God, are we supposed to take when everything's shaken in the world? It's, it's a question for us. And by the way, I know Pastor Zach is online over here and, and you can chat online and send in questions. We're available to you if you have questions, uh, maybe not particularly right now, but throughout the week. Uh, but send in those questions and we'll get back to you. This is what prof, the prophet Isaiah told. He said, he put his mind to rest by fully trusting in the Lord. Fully trusting in the Lord. And here's where I think we, as a church, we kind of get a little bit off, you know. We read the Bible, we read the scripture, we know up here what we're supposed to do, but somewhere between here and here, we have a disconnect of really trusting. Oh, I believe, God, I, I know you're going to take care of me, but oh man, what's going to happen, <laughs> right? We say we believe, like the prophet of old, the man in the scripture says, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Can I have that water, honey? Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. So... He declared to believers, the prophet Isaiah, thank you. And he declared to us in Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in you. You see, God can't lie. Scripture makes it clear that we're to be aware and alert and, we, and we've been warned. Prophetically, we've been warned. The message has been delivered to godly watchmen. And you and I as believers, you know what? We are supposed to be the watchmen on the walls. Yet some of you are riddled with fear and anxiety. Listen, God can give you and will give you a spirit of peace in the middle of the storm. So yes, we're to heed the prophetic message. And most importantly, it's confirmed by scriptures. In short, we're to gather together all the knowledge that we can about the oncoming storms so we can prepare our hearts for what we're going to face. Why should we expect there to be peace in the world when we, we, we know where it's been going? We as a church, we have been gearing up for this. I want you to know, if you're part of this family, this body, since Lisa and I returned 
from the Bahamas just back in September after the horrific hurricanes that riddled the island, God began to do something in my heart in preparation, and I believe that he's been preparing this body for such a time as this. We are not to let fear and anxiety consume our thinking, dominate our minds, and take control of our hearts. Your life will always go in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. A mentor of mine said that quote to me years ago, and I'll never forget it. Thank you, Jeannie. This is what she said. Your life will always go in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right now, it's hard not to think about what's going on around you, right? But I want to encourage you with the word on what the things are that we're supposed to think about because our minds are directly connected to our hearts. Listen, darkness is all around us and has been for a whole long time. Judgment is at our very door, knocking on the doorstep. But as a people of God, we can't allow this cloud of darkness to hide the great light of His promises, the light of love and mercy toward His people, toward you and I. And again, it doesn't mean that we're exempt from facing persecution and hardship and difficulty, but we're given some promises in his word, and we've got to be well informed of his word and what the prophets of old have told us. We're not to dwell so much on, on the prophetic that it consumes our minds and lives. We're to recognize, all right, here's the times. The prophets of old said, recognize the times and, and acknowledge them. But the devil is going to try the very best he can to get our hearts and minds consumed with all the cares and, and all the worries of this world. He would love nothing more than to have you obsess over what is to come. And I want to encourage you with a good word today. You see... He knows that he can't get us to doubt the Lord's word concerning the coming judgment. So he'll attempt to take us to another extreme and drive us to this fearful obsession uh, with these perilous times. And we see it going on around us, right? We see people flooding to the stores and fighting at supermarkets over uh, toilet paper. Listen, simply said, this is the bottom line. Satan wants to rob you of all hope. But as a believer, we have our hope in Christ. And I, I want to encourage you with that, with that word. By, by, he wants to consume you with all kinds of bad thoughts of what's going to be. Remember, you can't figure out the future and, and being totally preoccupied with it. It's not going to help. Again, pay attention to what's going on. I want to watch the news. I want to know what's going on. But more importantly, I want to know the truth of God's word. And if he can get you bogged down with, with fear and obsessing about these events, that's what he's going to do. This is what the Apostle Paul says. I want you to hear this. It's so important. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Look there in your Bible. I think we have it right on your screen as you're watching. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there is any virtue in any praise, think on these things. It says to think on those things. In other words, you and I have heard all the warnings. Now take heed to what God's word reveals and to what his watchmen are saying. And fix your thoughts and your eyes on Jesus and his goodness. Remember, Isaiah was at a time of great judgment. The, there were, the nation was failing all around him, and Isaiah testified that in the midst of the storms that he was going through, he had a double portion of peace. 
Listen to that. A double portion. Not just peace. But Isaiah said, I have a double portion. And the same amazing outlook that Isaiah had in perilous times of his day can also come to us. I was looking back through some history back in 1918 when the um, Spanish flu riddled the land and millions of people died with that. And history foretells, and I was reading through some uh, history of the Assemblies of God, of this particular fellowship and, and what they did and how they adapted to overcome during that time. And many churches couldn't meet for a period of years. Two years went by where they couldn't gather because of the Spanish influenza. Our world has been through trouble before. But I want you to know that people of God have stood the test of time and found hope. See, this promise of rest applies to all whose minds are stayed on Him. What does that mean? As you're focused on God, on His Word, on the promises of Scripture, you will find this promise to be true for you and for your families. Isaiah was overwhelmed by what he saw happening in the world around him. But Scripture tells us that he still found great peace. How did he come into such a place of peace with everything he saw? There are two reasons that I want to give you this morning uh, for Isaiah's peace. The first one is prayer. As judgments were posed to strike the nations, Isaiah was constant in communion with God in prayer. Listen, some of us have more time right now than we've had in our our normal day-to-day busyness of life. And I think that's one of the things that the enemy uses to rob us of our time with God is busyness, distractions. We live in a rat race here in America. Go, 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 run, run, run. And right now, maybe some of you are isolated. Many of us are isolated. There's time away. There's time for you to pray and to seek the face of God. In the way of, it says in Isaiah 26, verse 8, in the, uh, Yea, in the way of thy judgments, O Lord, have we waited for you. The desire of our souls is for you and for your name and for the remembrance of you. He was prepared for anything because he was praying without ceasing. Are you doing that? Are you praying right now in the midst of the storms? And sometimes I call them the blue light prayers. You know, we see the sirens going off and the alarms and we, oh, God save us. No, God help us to see what you're doing. God help us to have eyes to see and minds to understand and hearts to hear what you're trying to say to your bride, the body, the church during this time of atrocity that's going on. What is it, Lord, that you want to speak to me? How is it, Lord, that you want to use me? As the storms are raging, are you pressing into God like Isaiah did? If you are, then you're gaining strength. Because your mind is becoming fixed on the sovereignty of a heavenly father's love. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And he's continually revealing his power to you, to me, and encouraging you that you will make it through. You'll make it through. It's not God's will that any person of God, any children of God, face these paralyzing, these paralyzing times with paralyzing fears. And fear can do that to a person. It paralyzes you. But this is, this is what he wants to get through to us today. This, this biblical prophecy of warnings are not to frighten us. They're not to frighten us. Some people are seeing what's going on. Are we in the end times? Is, this what, is God coming? Well, he is coming. We're, we're promised in Scripture. There will be a second return of Jesus Christ. And is it coming sooner rather than later? I don't know. No man knows the day or the hour. But I know I want to be ready. And I want to bring as many people along with me as I can. The heart of this matter is simply stated in John chapter 14, verse 27. This is what he says. Peace I leave with you. 
My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus prophesied of these world events, and they, they sounded frightening. Wars, pestilence, earthquakes, disease, in various places throughout Scripture. But he warned his hearers, you're going to be afflicted, afflicted and some of you will even be killed. We see that in martyrs. Sin will abound, the Bible says. Look around us in the world. False prophets and messiahs will rise, deceiving many. We see that going on. Later in Matthew, Jesus explained the reasons for this forewarning of these catastrophic events. He says, he told us these things so that we would believe in him when we saw them coming to pass. This is going on in our world right now. Church, people are questioning People are wondering. Uh, I did a small funeral yesterday right outside in the parking lot. There was about 15 or so and we did it outside and we kept our space and honoring the laws but it was a funeral where, where I shared the message of the gospel of hope. Listen, uh, those that are still alive, when we go to funerals, it's not just to memorialize our loved one, it's to give the living uh, a hope of our eternal destiny and it's not here on this world. The, the, the reason that things are going on in our world that have been foretold is so that we would believe in him when we saw them coming to pass. These atrocities have not taken God by surprise. He's not in heaven going, oh dear Lord, what's going on? <laughs> Scott said that last week. Jesus was not trying to put a burden of fear on us, nor is he trying to do that now. Rather, he doesn't want us to be surprised when, when we're hit by these storms and these horrendous times. Listen. We as a church should be more prepared for this than anybody else. It's full of toilet paper. It means that in your hearts, you're prepared. You and I understand why we're going through this and why we are where we are. He doesn't want us to put our faith, or he doesn't want our faith to be shipwrecked when we face this type of suffering. Most of all, he wants us to believe there is a Lord over all these awful things. A Father who is loving enough to warn us about them and to keep us through them. Hope. Isaiah preached about hope in perilous times. And that hope is what I want you to have today from the Holy Spirit and a hope that you will share with others in the world. Isaiah was looking beyond all these things that were happening toward a greater vision of God that, had given, that God had given him. In his vision, Isaiah says he saw the Lord coming to wipe away the tears of his children and to remove their burdens and to, live, to deliver them from all guilt and fear. Isaiah 25 verse 9. It shall be said in that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him and we will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. He will, if you jump back to verse 8, it says, He will swallow up death in victory and the Lord God will wipe away the tears off of all the faces and the rebuke of his people shall he take away off the earth for the Lord hath spoken. Listen, understand that Isaiah in his time found Perfect peace in God through prayer. The second reason Isaiah had come into a place of peace, despite all the upheaval around him, and, and the, the reason that we can have is he was saying to us and saying to every believer, both that time and now, in effect, was trust. Trust. You who live in the very last days, us who are going through what we're going through right now, 
This is historic of our, of our world and our country. You can also have a double portion of peace if you will learn to abandon yourself to simply trust completely in the Lord, your rock. Look at Isaiah chapter 26, verse 4. I have it on the screen there right for you. It's, I think it's in your upper right-hand corner. Look at this scripture. Don't just see it with your eyes, but with your heart. Trust in the Lord at all times. For in the Lord Jehovah is your everlasting strength. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2, another scripture. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. I'm going to close with these last few thoughts. I actually shared these on Thursday evening. Uh, when I gave you just a brief word. And if you haven't been tuning in to Facebook throughout the week, um, the little nuggets, or the I'll give about a five or ten minute nugget a day uh, that'll go on our website. You can watch those at any time. But hope is a word for the hour right now. The Lord has given us a very simple promise that we've got to hold on through these times. We've got to learn to commit our very life to this promise and then we'll discover that, that He can and He will keep us through whatever we go through. Matthew chapter 6 verse 6 says, Your father knows your need even before you ask him. Luke chapter 12, Jesus talks more about the things he says. Our heavenly father knows that we need, uh, and in short, he says we need food, we need drink, we need clothing, we need shelter. God knows that. Luke chapter 12, believer, take heart in this. Verse 22, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat, neither for the body what you shall put on. If then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? Do we really have the faith to believe? And is your hope in Christ or in the circumstances and the situation around you? He takes care of the grass of the field. He knows full well what you need, whether it's food, whether it's finances, whether it's shelter, whether it's clothing. Jesus added that all these things do the nations of the world seek after. Chapter 12, verse 30. And your father knows that you have need of these things. Perfect peace in perilous times. Luke chapter 12, verse 31. Rather seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not. Fear not, little flock. God will not abandon us. He has not left us. He's not forsaken us. He knows exactly what's going on in our world. He's a just God. He's a righteous God. It's a time for us to press into him. If we'll simply trust in the Lord, he'll bless us with all that we need. If you're concerned for your family's welfare in these difficult days, I have great news for you. And it, again, it's not that we should be ignorant about what's going on. But if your children are God's children, he cares for your loved ones more than you do. More than you have the capacity to. And he knows exactly what you need to survive. He knows what they need to survive. He knows that you need a roof over your head. He knows exactly what your rent is. He knows what your mortgage payment is. He knows what your light bill is each month. He knows how many mouths there are to feed in your home and how much food is in the pantry right now. Do you trust him? You know, in the, in the early days, and I, I often say that 
I believe God is returning us to a, a New Testament church model that we've gotten away from. In the book of Acts, you know, the body of Christ came together. They sold their belongings and they shared with each other as each had need. I was blessed this week. Someone brought some food over to my house. And I've been able to bless others with giving to them. This is the time for the body of Christ to say, hey, what are the needs? You know, the homeless shelter might need toilet paper. Well, several hundred people in this, in this congregation, if each of you gave up one roll of toilet paper, you know how many hundreds of rolls of toilet paper we would have? Um, and that's what sometimes the needs are. God's people taking care of one another. It's Jesus and me and Jesus and you as we share the body of Christ coming together. Not just to minister to the body, because I think absolutely we have to minister to the body, our family. But there is, believe me when I say, there is more abundance in our own body to, to more than take care of the needs of this body, which means then we're able to be a blessing to others. And I can say that with confidence because I know that God's blessed this congregation. And he's blessed you so you and I can be a blessing to others. You can trust him fully to meet all the needs because he promised to do so. A vital lesson for every believer to learn and to practice. Listen, the world's events are going so quick. We can't keep up with what's happening from moment to moment. Cities closing down, highways shutting, um, National Guard being called into places, the stock market going up and down, and, and the, the implications of losing billions of dollars and going into the largest budget deficit and trillions of dollars. It's way too complex for my mind to fathom and comprehend. Ah, it's beyond me, to be honest with you. I, I can't comprehend all that, but this is what I remember, and this is what I want you to remember, that my faith is anchored in this. My Heavenly Father... And your heavenly father knows exactly what you need and when you need it. And the very fact that he knows is proof enough that we're under his care. The Bible says he delights in us. And we're wrapped up in his arms, safe and sound. And, and he knows the dark days ahead. But our path is clear through hard times. And that path can be found only through trusting absolutely trusting in him. He's calling us today to have simple childlike faith in trusting in his faithfulness. I shared this illustration and I'm going to share this in closing of the importance of us keeping our eyes on Jesus. Um, let us trust in his great love and his care for us. When, when my, um, my second oldest son was younger, my wife and I were at camp, and, and I don't even know if he remembers this story, but we were running a camp, and uh, we, were on the, we were in a gymnasium, and there was a second floor balcony, and it had little rails, and they weren't, they weren't very safe rails, they had a gap about this big in the middle, and about that big in the bottom, and, uh, and my son saw me on the bottom floor, and it had to be uh, this ceiling is about 15 feet, so it had to be a good 20 feet, 15, 20 feet from up there to where I was. And my son saw me down there, and I'm his dad, and he trusts me. And I've never let him down before. He was tiny, right? He was probably, um, how old is Dash now, Zach? Yeah, he's about four or five years old. Probably four. And he saw me down there, and he said, Daddy, Daddy. And he didn't even think a second. He started to climb through that little hole in the rail, put his foot, and he was ready to just jump. 
right off the balcony, right off the... Why? Because he knew that daddy would catch him. And I'm like, stop! <laughs> no! Fortunately, there was a teenager nearby that grabbed him and, no, you can't jump, Micah. But he had no thought of saying, hey, I trust my dad. Do you have that kind of childlike faith to say, I trust you, Dad. I trust you, Abba, Father. If I fall from a pot, whatever it is, I trust you. This is what Peter said. This is my closing verse for you. First Peter, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. So how do we respond, church, to all that's going on in the world around us when everything's crashing down? We put our trust in him. And that's where our hope is found putting our trust in Christ and in Christ alone. We'll be back here next Sunday at 10 o'clock. We'll share with you a little bit more about what's coming on in the coming weeks. But I want to encourage you this week, press into the Lord. Uh, you've got opportunity. You've got a little bit more time on your hands. I know I do. Things are not as hectic. The, the building will be open. The office is open. Uh, but if you need prayer, maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're frightened. You can call the church office number 872-2084. That's 872-2084. You can dial either extension 306 or 310. And that'll come to my cell phone or Pastor Zach's cell phone. I'm notifying him that he's on call 24-7 as of now. <laughs> we always are. That's right. We always are anyway. Maybe you need to be prayed with. Uh, pray for you. Um, we'll, ha we'll be there standing guard to lift you up in prayer. Those, those extensions go directly to our phones and we'll be available to you. Uh, and we want to encourage you. Most of all, we're, we're not the ones to fix everything, but we're going to point you towards Christ. But sometimes you just need a listening ear. You need a little bit of extra encouragement, and I want you to know that we'll be here for you to do that. So Center Point Community Church, I love you. Lisa and I are here. We're praying for you. We're not going anywhere. The ministry of his church is advancing right now. We should not be retreating, right? We should be advancing the kingdom of God and his mission to seek and to save those that are lost, to bring hope to a world that is frightened right now. Uh, but we can only do that as we put our trust firmly in him and as we have hope that he is in control and that he cares for you. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you uh, for the encouraging word from Scripture that we find in the prophet of old from Isaiah. Uh, so many thousands of years ago, helping to prepare us for the times in which we are now living. And God, I pray that we would be a people that absolutely are a people of prayer and a people that are trusting in you through prayer. Lord, I pray that you would deepen our prayer walk and our relationship with you and that we would, we would press into you right now through prayer, through the word, that we would encourage others because our hope is firmly planted in you. Thank you that you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you. So may our mind be stayed upon you. And God, I pray that you'd bless your people in Jesus' name. And would you say it with me at home? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, team, for being here and serving. We'll see you next week. We're out. Amen. Close. Thank you, Mike, for being here. I don't know. What do you, what do, you do when there's like six people in the room? You booty bump. You booty bump. Okay.